Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts. It is Tuesday, gentlemen. How are you feeling? You got the routine. Does it, does it feel like it's football season now that it's it's its second week? You got a game under your belt. You've got the experience of an angry message board. You've got the experience of Nebraska football with some uh, dumb miscues in a game. You got Scott Frost both on a Saturday night and then again on a Monday. Does it feel like game week now? Yes, and also the week two is when when I usually make my biggest jump as a reporter and writer in a season, so that should be a, a positive. When's your biggest drop off? Uh, week two to week two to week uh, ten usually. Uh, oh. I, I kind of I start to get a little fatigued. Is it like a you know like an incremental drop off, like a slow? No, it's it's a it's a pretty steep decline actually. Um, Oh wow! Getting into getting into week three, and then I just sort of level off and and survive. What about you, Brunts? When do you fall apart? Uh, always, I'm always falling apart. Um, I, I'm uh, I'm eager to see how this week plays out. There's a lot to uh, a lot of moving parts, and at the end of it, you've got uh, a pretty big game for Nebraska set to be played in front of nobody in Memorial Stadium. It's going to be. I, I think we just need to embrace the weird. That's kind of where I'm at. Embrace the weird, the Michael Brunt's uh, the Michael Brunt's theory. I like it. All right. Well, so what? Uh, now that we're I don't know forty-ish hours removed from Nebraska's game on Saturday, more than that, I can't really do math, but we're not going to worry about it. Like sixty-ish hours removed. What? What kind of stands out as you you look back at things and you had a chance to talk to uh, Nebraska players and and Scott Frost on Monday? Anything? Anything new jump out to you with fresh eyes on this situation, BC? Oh, I don't know that there's a lot new. I mean, I, I think the the big topic here is can Nebraska get out of its own way, not just because of what we saw against Ohio State where it felt like the point production didn't mat- match the yardage production, but the last two years against Wisconsin, and Scott Frost pointed this out Monday, we're very similar to those games in that, uh, you know, Nebraska last year, had, I have the stats right in front of me. Nebraska had 493 yards of offense last year. Uh, they ran for 273. They averaged 7.4 yards a carry. That was obviously the game Diedrich Mills went off. Um, and they were eight times inside Wisconsin's 40-yard line and yet only scored 21 points. That was a more extreme version of what we saw Saturday against Ohio State. So I, I get where fans are at. There's sort of encouragement because Nebraska looked better in the trenches, and there's excitement that this could be confirmation this week that that is really so. And then there's that skeptical side that says, yeah, but there's also that those same habits of, uh, you know, kind of botching it when it looks like you're going to have a successful drive and, and not just not getting the points you should and leaving a lot on the table. And that's where people, I think, are still uh, – worried about this thing what about you Brunts anything new yeah I mean it was I was kind of curious to hear from Scott Frost yesterday after they'd had the the benefit of a little bit of time and space from Saturday's game I rewatched the game after we did our podcast on Saturday night and I, I didn't really leave that second rewatch feeling any differently than maybe what I thought on first glance. I mean, I think Nebraska played well enough at times to be pretty competitive. Uh, and, and like Brian said, I mean, there's some glaring 
glaring uh, situations where Nebraska's just had issues. I mean, the the inability to get that game into the locker room at halftime um, in, in a manageable fashion is is certainly a disappointment. I mean, the you can discuss whatever you want about the the calls that kind of went against Nebraska late there, and there were some questionable ones, but that's something you have to be able to overcome. I mean, when you have you know, such a, a thin margin of error, you need to play winning football and penalties is not winning football. Uh, turnovers are not winning football. Um, and, and that's been the challenge um, for, for Nebraska for the last three years is how do you turn that corner and not make those mistakes? So, you know, I, I think there is quite a bit they can build on with the way the lines played with the fact that you have something, um, I think, in, in kind of the two, two-headed two monster of, of McCaffrey and Martinez. I'm curious what BC thinks about this, because I, I, Scott Frost kind of mentioned this a couple times yesterday in his comments about how they needed to get some young guys going and some different guys involved. It seemed to hint that we should expect to see some new people in the, in the rotation this week. Is, is that too much of a – reading too much into what he said, do you think? No, um, I don't expect a full line change here at wide receiver or anything like that, but I was surprised uh, that we didn't see like Elante Brown sprinkled more into that game Saturday. Uh, you know, Marcus Fleming and, and Betts were on the trip. We saw him on a, basically garbage time um, against the Buckeyes. So I, I think you could see those two guys in particular jump out to me. We need more clarification on Omar Manning, what his situation is before this week is out. Uh, Matt Lubick talks Tuesday, Scott Frost talks Thursday. So that's something I know people want to know. Um, but I look at Brown and Fleming in particular as guys I want to see uh, hopefully take off because I think they bring the speed element. And I think Nebraska at, le at least needs that threat to uh, materialize here within the next couple of weeks for the second half of the season to really make this receiving game kind of function how you want it to. Do you guys get the, the feeling that in some ways Nebraska viewed this Ohio State game as something that it just needed to, to you know, you play that game and you, you move on? Uh, and, and so maybe that's why we didn't see as many as the young guys. Maybe that's why they didn't attempt to stretch the field as much because they, they bet on their best chances to basically try to – attack the edge in the running game and, and just try to keep the ball from turning over. I mean, and not putting too much on Adrian Martinez. Do you, do you think that there was an element of just sort of somewhat conservative game planning there uh, with your, your lone wrinkle being Luke McCaffrey, just because you're going against Ohio state? Uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think that they weren't playing to win. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say that they, they weren't playing to win, but it does, it seems to me that they were, fairly buttoned up in terms of at least taking any chances with the passing game. Well, I think that was by design. I mean, I think right. that, I think that when you look at, you know, who they had in there, the fact that I think they wanted to play a little bit more ball control uh, than they would normally and, and kind of lean on what they felt like was a strength, which was their offensive line against Ohio state's defensive line. I think that was probably uh you know, the, the, the reason for, you know, what you saw, what you did. I, I think, you know, Nebraska also, as the game kind of got on in the second half, I think that they probably made a conscious decision that they weren't going to show more 
and show what they had in the playbook, I guess, for, for future opponents. I, I think I think they felt like going with more of a running, you know, ground-based attack uh, with, with the quarterbacks was their best chance. So I, I would have liked to have seen Dedrick Mills more involved. I think that's, you know, a pretty obvious statement. But uh, I, I think they were trying to – you know, take the air out of the game a little bit with the run game and, and try to get try trying to not give Ohio State more offensive possessions in that game. Yeah, I think it it might be as simple as they played to their what they saw as their strength. Um, you know, with their offensive line and j- trying to grind it out with the run um, against uh, Ohio State's you know question mark. I mean, I know Ohio State's got NFL guys that are coming up on their defensive line. But that, if you were to look at one spot where you thought, okay, you can get something done against them, it was up front. And uh, I think Adrian Martinez hinted at this the other day. Uh, they had a lot of respect for Ohio State's speed in the back end of the defense, and I think that played a part in them not challenging as much there in the, in the passing game. But it's an interesting question that you say aloud about if, if there were a few things maybe held back here and there. And I, w- I don't know if I'm ready to go that far with it, but I, I could see uh, why you would do that, actually. I could see where you, you'd like say, let's get a few staples that we use against this team. And uh, in the meantime, we're behind the scenes, we're sort of building these young guys up um, going forward. Uh, that said, I think I think you would have wanted those guys on the field a little bit more than, than they were, uh, you know, just basically the last series or two of the game. Yeah. I, it's just sort of a, a thought. Cause I mean, if, if Scott Frost is going to come out and say that this wide receiver room is as good as it's been since he's been here. And that's what you essentially had playing on Saturday against Ohio state, then there has to be more to it. Right. Like it, it, it can't be, the best that you've seen and you're too scared to play the guys against Ohio state. There, there has to be some other reason in my mind, or it's just a disingenuous statement. So I guess we're going to find out, you know, one way or the other throughout this season, because I do expect guys like Xavier Betts and Marcus Fleming and Elante Brown to eventually get some run. And if, if they can't, uh, I'm not entirely sure why your, your head coach would be making that statement after a game in which the ball didn't travel more than nine yards to a receiver downfield uh, at any point. And so, uh, I mean, yards after the catch is great, but eventually they're going to have to get some air yards in there too. Anything from the players that stood out to you guys? I I know that uh, a handful of them spoke, some of them I think for the first time here this fall. Uh, Anything new there? Uh, Go ahead, Browns. Yeah, I didn't didn't really – I don't know that there's anything – Terribly new, um, you know, with, with what some of the players said. We heard from Brendan Hymas. I think he talked maybe one time during fall camp. But, um, you know, I, I think I think they've kind of turned the page. That was my impression from a lot of the guys that they're, you know, obviously focused on Wisconsin. They know it's a big game. Uh, Scott Frost kind of said as much, too, that, you know, with having a team from the West coming in, um, you know, to, to your, your home home stadium, I mean, it's a big deal. So I, I don't know that there's going to be a lingering, uh, you know, kind of cloud for, from the, the game against Ohio State. I mean, I think everybody was pretty on message about needing to, to clean up the small stuff. I guess it's a matter of kind of how you go about doing that. Um, 
you know, I, we, we'll get into it in a little bit here about kind of what this week looks like with everything going on in Wisconsin. But, you know, I, I think Nebraska can probably take a few things from that game that, that they can build off of, especially against a, a team like Wisconsin that's really kind of bludgeoned them up front. I, I think Nebraska is more ready to kind of stand up to that kind of thing. Yeah, I think they were disappointed in the score, but walked away from the game thinking, um, you know, if that's the best in the Big Ten, uh, there can be some games won and uh, there can be a lot of positives from the season going forward. I think the thing is, sometimes I'll watch a football game and I'll think about if you broke it down and you wrote a plus or minus next to every play and said, did Nebraska win that play or did the other side win that play? I think that's where the encouragement from Saturday's game comes. And that makes sense to me. I know what the score is. I get all that. But I think if you did a plus minus chart on how many plays did Nebraska actually win where they were better than Ohio State or you like that result, I, I, would, I should go through and do it. But I, think, I don't know. It, it was it, 35 40%. It was, it was much higher against one of the best teams in the country than last year when I felt like it was probably uh, – they, they were under the threshold of 5% probably last year um, if you did something like that. So uh, that's where I think you're seeing some people walk away from that game thinking, why do I feel kind of good about it, even though the score was what it was? Yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's absolutely fair. Let's, let's take a break. When we come back, let's dive into this Wisconsin game a little bit. There's a lot happening behind the scenes. We don't really know – exactly who Nebraska is going to be facing. Uh, but we do know that this is a Wisconsin team and it hasn't really mattered who the quarterback has been most years and Nebraska struggled with them. So I kind of want to get your guys' thoughts uh, ahead of that matchup. So we're going to take a quick time out here and uh, we will return with some thoughts on Wisconsin, Nebraska this week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday, after the Equalizer, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. All right, and we are back. Do we know yet who Nebraska is going to be opposing uh, at quarterback for Wisconsin? Are they are they going to try to bring back like Allen Everidge, or uh, you know, is is Russell Wilson in Seattle on bye this week? He can drop in and and play quarterback for him. What's what's the latest, Brunts? I think Jim Sorgi's over there on the sidelines, warming up, getting ready to go in the game. That that might be who Nebraska has to deal with uh, on That's Saturday. Bollinger. Brooks yeah. Bollinger. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> – so, uh, so where 
a quick recap of where where things are at at 10:35 Central Time on Tuesday. Uh, you have presumptive positive tests from Graham Mertz um, and also the third string quarterback for Wisconsin, whose name is briefly escaping me. Um, so we're on to the fourth string quarterback who presumably has not tested positive. Uh, the other, the other uh, quarterbacks, Mertz and the, uh, the back. Chase Wolf. Chase, yeah, Wolf. Chase Wolf. Thank Woo! you. Oh, uh, yeah. are waiting or supposedly waiting. I'm guessing they know the, the final verdict there on what their test situation is, but um, maybe some question about if the game, you know, what the game actually taking place looks like, but um, that's a huge, huge moving piece um, for, for this week for not only Wisconsin coming in, but Nebraska for knowing what the heck they have to prepare for. Were you uh, guys encouraged? At, Paul Chris didn't say a lot, and I wouldn't expect him to specifically Doesn't anyways. talk about. But yeah, to but to talk about individuals. But he did say, in a general sense, he feels confident that there's going to be a game. I don't know. Did you guys? Did that did that raise your spirits at all? That we're going to be for sure covering a football game. Well, I mean, the fact that they're still practicing currently. Um, seems to be a positive sign. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I, it's only Tuesday, but if it were that bad, I would have expected that you know, they'd be shut down already. But, uh, you know, definitely with the time frame of kind of when things happen, supposedly Mertz tested positive on Saturday, which means that he probably, uh, you know, or could have been contagious on Friday during the game. Uh, it, it leaves a lot of questions there, but uh, Hey, Paul Christ is uh, excited and thinks that there might be a game. So that that's what I'm clinging to right now. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything Paul Chris could actually say, right? Like, I mean, they have to mentally prepare, like there's going to be a game. They don't know what the exact uh, numbers are going to be. And, and if there's a lot of spread taking place. It's yeah. Just, for uh, from Nebraska's uh, I, end, you can't yeah. worry about it. You can't worry about it if you're Nebraska. You just got to you gotta plug ahead. It doesn't matter if it's Danny Vandenboom or Brooks Bollinger, Jim Sorge, or, uh, you know, Mertz. I think you have to prepare the exact same way. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you guys know about this Wisconsin team? Did you watch any of that Friday game? Um, obviously, Graham Mertz had a major moment. But beyond that? Yeah, I, I watched uh... – a bit of it. Uh, it it kind of struggled to keep my attention just because Illinois forgot to get on the bus, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's, you know, the question mark coming into the season was how they would, how they would deal with, uh, you know, not having Jonathan Taylor anymore. Uh, with Mertz, I think he's, he's the kind of quarterback that Wisconsin has maybe not had uh, in, in quite a while, maybe back to, to Russell Wilson in terms of just a quarterback that, that really, really scares you. Um, you know, from kind of what I saw, it seemed like Wisconsin still pretty good up front on both sides of the ball. And I, I think that's, that's going to be the test for Nebraska in this game. And, and it's going to be another kind of measuring stick opportunity to see how you stack up. Um, you know, I thought, you know, everybody – kind of lauds Ohio or Wisconsin's offensive line and for good reason, historically what they've done. But 
And Nebraska went toe-to-toe up front, I think, pretty well on defense with Ohio State's offensive line that's full of future pros. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can do that again. I mean, maybe you get Jordan Riley healthy. He made the trip to Columbus last week but didn't play. Um, you know, Nico Cooper's another guy in that front seven that uh, they'd like to get healthy as well. Luke Reimer uh, wasn't part of that. We'll see if he's able to go uh, this week after uh, kind of nursing an ankle injury. but. You know, it's going to, to be a test again of where this program is from a strength and conditioning point of view, from a development point of view, um, and, and, you know, a, a real test for guys like Ty Robinson, uh, you know, Damian Daniels, some of those guys that are going to need to have big roles this year. Wisconsin, strangely, didn't run it exceptionally well, even though they dominated that game. Um, they ended up with 182 yards, which is pretty good, but they ran it 54 times. So it was only about three and a half per carry. Um, so I do think you saw that there's still kind of, that's a work in progress there. And if Mertz is taken out of the equation, um, you know, someone else is going to have to prove they can throw it around to a, a similar effect to him. And so that, that could be where it, it's challenging for them, but they have, again, Another good tight end in Jake Ferguson. He had 72 yards uh, in the opener, and that is a position in particular that has gouged Nebraska whenever you get into these phone booth games against Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, and so that's that's a that's a guy to mark. Yeah, it it strikes me that uh, you know Nebraska would be catching Wisconsin at the right time, not just because of the Graham Mertz thing, and and that's almost irrelevant to me, but the idea that this Wisconsin team doesn't quite have, they don't have it figured out what they're going to do at running back quite yet. They don't have someone that has emerged to be the very obvious successor to a, uh, a Jonathan Taylor. And so if you're, if you're Nebraska, I mean, you, you basically did well against a, an Ohio state team that has a little bit better of a run game um, than, than Wisconsin. And, and I don't think you're going to see the same sort of, uh, off coverage as you worry about Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor the same way you did Garrett Wilson and and Chris Olave. So from a defensive standpoint, I think Nebraska is in a pretty good spot regardless of what happens with, with the quarterback, but certainly if Graham Mertz isn't going to play it, it seems like it would help them even more. I, I really feel like, you know, the, the line was set at nine with a, an expected Graham Mertz. That felt high to me. Like, I feel like this should be a one-score game, uh, and Nebraska should be in this one throughout as long as they stay out of their own way. Uh, the, what you guys kind of touched on with Wisconsin throwing the ball, obviously that, that maybe changes based on who's a quarterback. But, I mean, this is going to have to be a bit of a rebound game for Nebraska's secondary. Plus you have, uh, you know, you're not going to have two starters in there for the first half and Deontay Williams, Cam Taylor Britt and, and some young guys in there. I mean, we're, we're assuming it's probably Quentin Newsom at corner miles farmer at safety uh, to replace those guys. So uh, I'll be eager to see if Nebraska plays a little bit tighter uh, on Wisconsin's wide receivers in this game than they did against Ohio state, obviously a little bit different animal there with, with what each of those teams have outside, but uh, that's a group that needs to play better. Uh, they're going to have to be supportive in the run game. And also, you know, Wisconsin will, regardless of, you know, who's at quarterback, is going to do the window dressing stuff 
pre-snap. They're going to try to confuse you. They're going to try to do the play action stuff. So that that's a group that's going to need to be dialed in on the game plan and also uh, just play smart football because, you know, that that's where Wisconsin can hurt you um, is with that play action tight end stuff that you hit on. It's just going to be really a big key to kind of try to shut that down. Nebraska's got to be better at safety too. And that's a spot where going in on paper, I looked at it and thought, okay, that's a strength of the team. Potentially you've got Deontay Williams, Markel Dismuke. And I think we're giving them sort of the benefit of the doubt saying, okay, it's Ohio state. You have to pick your poison. It's that's just the way it's going to be for a lot of defenses against that team. Uh, But those two guys in particular as veterans are, and I know Deontay's out the first half, but they're going to have to play better going forward, I think, um, for Nebraska. I'm excited to see Miles Farmer. I am. I mean, that's a, that's an exciting part of this thing from an individual standpoint. We've written and talked so much about him, and Travis Fisher has raved about him. And uh, here you go, you know, right off the bat. So maybe this is that moment where a guy like him or Quinton Newsom steps into a, into a spotlight and just does the job and, and starts their, their Husker story. So that's an interesting uh, – you know, sidebar to all of this. Yeah, I, I'm curious. You guys think those two guys being out the first half of the of the game, is that, is that a big deal to you uh, that Nebraska will be without Deontay Williams and, and Cam Taylor Britt, or do you think they can kind of survive that for at least one half? Uh, I, I, go ahead. Well, I think, I think they can manage it. Um, but it's, it's sort of an unknown because you, Quinton Newsom, I thought had a really good year last year, kind of getting in position to be a, a guy who factors in this season, but then he had an off season injury that I think, um, delayed him a little bit going into this year. So that's kind of part of his deal where you wonder exactly where he is yet. Um, it, you know, is he all the way back from that? Uh, so I'm interested in that. Um. Farmer, uh, I've always liked, uh, you know, from what we've heard and the bits and pieces we've seen, but it's a whole nother matter now to be the guy every play out there. I do think they can manage it for a half, but it, I'm not going to pretend like losing Cam Taylor Britt isn't a big deal. Um, and Deontay Williams, even though I thought Williams didn't play a great game Saturday, I think he was starting to get his feet under him um, about the time he uh, got tossed from the game. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he, he struggled uh, early in that contest, but certainly was looking to uh, to, to try to I – mean, he forced that fumble. I mean, he was certainly more involved, or at least uh, you recognized or saw him a little bit more. And, and that's a tough – I mean, for Deontay Williams, like he basically went from 11 plays against South Alabama to then playing against one of the better offenses in all of college football. Like you, you don't really get thrown into a fire – you know, quite like that. And so I think it was fair for him to have a little bit of rust, but both of those guys should be back in the second half. Uh, anything else we want to mention here today, just doing a, a short pod, uh, jumping into this week a little bit. We'll have a lot more on Thursday. And of course we're going to have the hype cast again on Friday. Anything else you guys want to get in today? Are you, uh, are you guys for or against the ESPN college game day at the masters? I, I think it's, We've gone on record, I think, um, over the life of this podcast about how we, where we come down on game day. But uh, 
with it being at the Masters, does that change things for you guys? I'll hang up and listen. It's a unique setting, at least. Um, I I just don't watch, so I, I won't watch any. I'm not more likely to watch because they're, you know, at the Masters in November than I am if it's a normal November and they're at Boston College because they're playing Clemson or something. And I, I just don't. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a game day person anymore, so I, I I'm just out. But I, I think part of it is I don't care about pregame shows or studio shows. I just just show me the live sports. That's where I've, I've come on a lot of this. I'm with uh, Schaefer. I'm not a big watcher of it, um, but I do – I am interested, and I have no dog in this fight, with uh, the Fox Big Noon show I feel like is gaining some ground in a big part because I think Urban's, Urban Meyer's pretty good in studio, and I think people, even who didn't like him as a coach, are like, okay – I kind of enjoy listening to him analyze football. Um, that I, I'd be worried if I were game day a little bit about that show uh, kind of bumping into their territory because I think it's happening. You don't think it's Reggie Bush just putting the team on his back? <laughs> There's some literally, guys. Literally. He I, said literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. There's some guys who are obviously growing there, but they're kind of, I find them to be kind of a likable group of guys. And uh, not, and I know that uh, Nebraska fans are really down on Desmond over at ESPN. Um, so I, there's maybe that part of it too. And when Nebraska fans are thinking about which show they like better, but uh, I, I do think that uh, that is getting closer. It, I'm not saying it's even yet or going to be even in the next year or two, but I think that'll be an interesting TV ratings competition to watch. I I will I would probably tune in to game day and I don't typically do that if they get depending on who the celebrity picker is like if you can get Phil Mickelson up there picking games for for 10 minutes I'll tune in for that or won't Phil like turn the whole thing into like he'll start trying to bet Kirk Herbstreet on on something like I I think Phil Mickelson is is quality television so I like where your head's at with it well and, and there's a little bit of legitness to it too because you have Phil Mickelson, noted gambler, um, who probably has money on every game that he's going to be picking anyways. So, you know, he's got a little little skin in the game. He's kind of like – he's got a little Peyton Manning to him in terms of the, the likability and comfort on TV. I would tune in for that. That, that and just, just uh, seeing Augusta, I think, is always fun too. So I might, actually, I might actually be tuned in a little bit that day. Not for the whole thing, but – Give me uh, give me about twenty minutes worth. I could probably be good for that. If yeah, it's that's not a big day. Nebraska has Penn State that day. Bud Crawford fights. It's a, that's a big Saturday in the fall. It was the SEC game that weekend. It's somebody big, right? I think it's LSU Alabama, and it's already a terrible game. Yeah, never mind. Alabama's up twenty four, and the game hasn't even started yet. That's fair. If it's not Phil, who's the guy? Justin Thomas. Probably do Bryson just to piss everybody off. <laughs> they bring Patrick Reed up there and BC's pumped. <laughs> just play it. Yeah, blasting some Imagine Dragons. I, w- I wouldn't be – that'd be fine. Is, does, is Jack Nicholas, is he going to be walking around there? I mean, he's an Ohio State guy. He could come on there and talk a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he could. I got to interview Jack Nicholas one time uh, when I was a young kid right out of college in his Escalade. 
he was waiting for his wife at a, at a golf club. And uh, I very nervously, his son was playing in this tournament in Florida. And I very nervously went up and was like, Mr. Jack, I was really meek. I was like, could I do an interview, please? And he, he's like, you can, if we hurry, my wife is going to be out in like two minutes. And he's like, just hop in here. So I hopped in the passenger seat and asked him like three questions and then nervously walked away. Wow. That's wow. my Jack. That's my Jack story. <laughs> Impressive. So uh, I don't know if that's going to be tough, BC. Yeah, I think we should just end the pod there. That's a pretty good one to end on. I, I do think that's that's pretty much where we got to end this thing. We'll uh, we'll see if BC can top it next week. When are you going to bring out some sock talk? That's what people want to know. Um, let's do. Let's watch one more week of football. Uh, Big okay. Ten football. Uh, and see uh, see where the socks align. Okay. So you're saying maybe Tuesday of week three, we could we could see you getting into a little sock talk. I think I think by next week we could do that. Um, you know, I know it's a election day and tensions will be running high, so maybe some sock talk is exactly what people need. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, any any other final thoughts, Brunt? I, I can't top Jack Nicholas's Escalade, so I'll just uh, bow out here. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate everyone stopping by listening to us here on this we'll be back on thursday and of course we'll have a hype cast with a new special guest on friday to get you prepared for that nebraska wisconsin game be sure to stop by the website husker 24 7 check out everything we got going on there there's a little bit of recruiting stuff going right now uh, and of course plenty of team coverage as well believe nebraska speaks with the media again here on tuesday so we should have some more uh stuff for you then and then scott frost will talk again on Thursday. So be sure to check out the site. We'll be back with another podcast later this week. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.